one, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that uses music to break down our guests' defenses in order to turn them into the storytellers they might not even realize they are. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Robin Marr, born John Patrick Marr. Robin was born in Naples, Florida, but grew up mostly in Cape Coral and Fort Myers, attending Tanglewood and Edison Park Elementary, Fort Myers Middle, and Fort Myers High, where he graduated in 1992. He then headed to the University of Florida in Gainesville and graduated in 97 with a degree in microbiology and cell science. After that, he went to the Marine Corps Officer Candidate School, the Basic School, and then Naval Flight School in Pensacola. He was winged a naval aviator and moved to North Carolina to fly CH-53 helicopters and was deployed three times to the Horn of Africa. He then joined the Presidential Helicopter Squadron in 2007, where he flew around Presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama. He then moved to San Diego in 2011, was deployed again in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. He commanded Marine Heavy Helicopter Squadron 361 from 2014 to 2016. He then attended the Air Force War College, earning a master's degree in International Strategic Studies. He's currently a lieutenant colonel in the United States Marine Corps and works for U.S. Special Operations Command up in Tampa. He's been married to his wife, Aubrey, for 20 years, and they have three daughters. He ends his bio with, quote, I like to surf, run, and perfect my sarcasm, end quote. Robin was two years behind me in school, and his sister Carrie was in my class, and we hung with the same kids, and I worked with his mom, Connie, for several years back in the early 90s at Ives Bookshop. So I and him and his family do go way back, but I haven't seen him since then when he was, well, sort of a pipsqueak which I assure you he is no longer. So let's get to catching up through these song stories. Hey there, Robin Marr. How you doing? Mike, it is great to be here. And uh, listening to that intro, is uh, uh, it's impressive, uh, uh, humbling, I would say, but it also recounting the, you know, the fact that, that I've known you through you, uh, both through my sister, but also through my mother uh, and sort of the uh, – And the my inter- sister and the whole – Yeah, just the intermingling of our, our families and that the, and the, unfortunately that it took this long since probably the mid-90s for yeah. me to, to actually see you uh, in person. I'm not uh, misremembering you being a smaller statured person, am I? No, no, you're not. And, uh, you know, my I, I – tell people that I graduated high school, I was about 5'5", uh, five, five, uh, and, and weighed about the same as I do right now. Uh, that made me be a little hyperbole, but uh, uh, grew about seven inches in the first year in, uh, in college. Came okay, home, came home. I thought, yeah. I came home the first uh, summer my, after the school. My parents were like, what in the hell happened to you? I was this tall in, in eighth grade at Fort Myers Middle and stopped there. So right. we were kind of the inverse there. Where did Robin come from? I didn't know that that wasn't your given name. Nope. It's, well, you know, this is uh, – uh, I come from a, a divorced family. So, uh, of course, my mom and my dad, uh, when, when placed on the uh, horns of a, a decision, they both disagree uh, summarily. And so to ask my mother where it came from, she'll tell you one story. To ask my dad where it came from, he'll tell you another. Uh, if, if you try to uh, sort of piece them together, it is something along the lines of uh, John, my given name, is uh, from my mother's side of the, the family. And Robin was a nickname that my – 
uh, grandmother on my dad's side had given to my dad when he was a child. It didn't stick for whatever reason. And uh, I, I'm sort of imagining at some point in, the, in a hospital as, as I'm born that, uh, you know, the agreement is we'll, we'll name him John, but we'll call him Robin. And they high-fived and, and, the, and the rest is, is history. So. <laughs> Nothing to do with birds then. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. But uh, trying to explain that to people, uh, you know, at, at points in my life has been a little challenging. How far back does that sarcastic streak go? Um, it Probably uh, I, I was beginning to perfect it from birth. Uh, I, I think that my, my dad is an, an, an artist uh, when it comes to it. Uh, my mother disdains it uh, and, and uh, uh, I, I basically understand that it is not necessarily uh, the way to communicate, but it is definitely a way to communicate. Does it come in handy in the military? Uh, I, I think so. I think a combination of sarcasm uh, and sort of self-deprecating humor has been uh, a benefit. Gotcha. So what was the musical background of your childhood? I mean, I don't know if I knew you well enough in the early days to know what was going on for you guys musically. I'm probably pretty cool knowing your mom. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think both my mom and my dad would, would be considered hippies, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so the uh, the type of music that we listened to would have been, uh, you know, Sticks, uh, the Bee Gees, um, you know, things like that when I was younger. Um, and I think that that stuck with us and, and maybe uh, uh, didn't necessarily advance in age like like you would expect things to. And we've sort of have been a throwback family uh, for, for as long as I remember. So uh, I, I do tend towards the uh, older music, uh, very distinct recollections of – uh, fixing breakfast, uh, you know, around the kitchen and, and blaring music and, and uh, my sister Carrie and I dancing around while my, my mom and my dad uh, uh, danced around. So, and is that Would that be an early m- music memory? Can you think of anything earlier than that that I, just sort of flashed in there? Well, so my parents were, are, were divorced when I was three. So I have a distinct recollection, a memory of specifically them in a kitchen Together uh, with my sister and I, so I that's mean, like that, your that's like your them together memory. Yeah, that's probably it. And there was know, music, music, music playing and the... playing, and and my dad cooking breakfast, and and my sister and I, uh, you know, probably getting into trouble or whatever it was uh, at the house in, in Cape Coral. You know, so uh, yeah. Aside from that, there's not a ton of memories that I've got about my parents actually being together, but but one of them, and the one that I tell my kids and and every is is that distinct memory, and I still. Now, at this point, uh, you know, Saturday mornings uh, when, when able, you know, we hook up the iPhone. You do. I, I do recreate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, hook up the iPhone to the, to the speaker and, and we all dance around to, uh, you know, so, sometimes the same music I danced around to with uh, with, with my parents. And, right. and now, you know, they got me dancing to Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber or whatever it is. That, uh, uh, yes. um, you know, music uh, moves you. It can connect you to memories That's off, uh, and emotions. That's obviously what we're here doing. Can you think of an early time in your life where you may have heard something, whether it was rock music or live music or something that, inst- you know, instigated some sort of an emotional response that you can remember? Oh, gosh, emotional response. Um, or just, you know, you felt it. You felt it more than you heard it. I think that, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's one of the songs that I, I mentioned to you if I was allowed to have an additional one. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, my, my dad... Uh, he, he practices law here in, in, in Fort Myers, but uh, he, he was self-employed for a while, which also translates into poor, um, and so and had some free time. So he uh, he'd gotten himself into racing sailboats ah. uh, for a little while, and 
um, he used to have these two speakers that he would put on the bow of the boat. And uh, if you know anything about how a sailing race uh, starts, there's a lot of tacking and jibing right in front of the, the starting line until the timeline, time, the clock goes off and everybody runs across the starting line. And he would uh, time and blare sticks come sail away to where right as the sort of the crescendo of, of, of that song hits, you're crossing <laughs> this uh, the starting line of, of the regatta. I have a very – I remember kind of emotionally that that sort of launching, freeing uh, feeling that you get from from that portion of that song. So I don't know if that that's answers your question exactly, but uh, um, I do – I definitely um, am, am one of those people that – uh, the, the songs and, and the lyrics uh, that artists sort of paint kind of create those indelible memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have uh, tons of those little pictures, those little painted pictures from each of those moments sort of stored away in my head that, uh, hmm. uh, you know, I, I remember them then, carry them forward to, to today. And What about music, uh, playing music, piano, guitar, trombone? Did you do any of that in the school or was there any of that around you as a kid? Uh, you know, I think that uh, – the extent of playing uh, instruments when I was younger was probably the uh, the recorder. You know, yeah. every, every kid gets you know, hot, hot cross buns or whatever it was he had to play with uh, on that thing. So oh, Mary had a little lamb. Um, fast forward, uh, you know, uh, to, to probably my 30s, I got very interested in uh, guitar, um, you know, expressed an interest in it. And, and my wife bought a guitar for me to take on one of my deployments. And, uh, you know, I fiddled around with that. So uh, I own three guitars. I have two uh, acoustics uh, and, and an electric guitar. But to say that I uh, play the guitar, it would be a bit of an exaggeration. I, I enjoy uh, sitting out on my back porch with the acoustic guitar, uh, fiddling around with, with some chords and drinking a, a whiskey or something. And so uh, for me, that's that. That's happiness and an opportunity to sort of uh, uh, kind of melt away and, and recharge my my introvert battery, if you will. Uh, no, I got you there. Um, do your daughters doing music stuff? But my middle daughter uh, has expressed an interest in guitar. She she has one, and and uh, she would like to take guitar lessons. Um, and my youngest is uh, right about at the I'm playing the recorder stage. Okay. Uh, so um, no, not other than than that. But uh, I will I will cultivate it as much as I possibly can. My daughter wound up in the band in middle school playing the trombone, and she's really good, which is so weird, though. I mean, trombone, it's funny. I will say that it is nice that the education system now appears to to understand and appreciate that, yeah, and yeah. it is part of the curriculum. So all three of them have had to play an instrument at some point for one of their gotcha, classes, gotcha. Uh, but they have not necessarily uh, – it's not things like the guitar or the piano. That goes to like the teachers to get to do it, but it's to – you can play the you know, the trumpet or you can play the violin or, or something like that. So hmm. so they've done that. They appreciated it and we've yeah, been yeah. to the, the requisite band concerts. But Do you remember the first music you owned? Uh, the first music that I owned personally – um, yes, they would have been that was your property. Okay, they would have been a gift that I received on uh, Christmas. This is Mike. So this is a tough question because it's kind of like exposing, uh, like like walking up to somebody and saying, uh, "Listen to my iPod. There are songs on there that are going to be embarrassing for right, you." Right, right, uh, right, right. So uh, the first two CDs uh, that I owned personally uh, was. Uh, Michael Bolton okay. and Kenny G. Um, 
I'm not. I'm not ashamed of that, Mike. I know, that, I know you're laughing at me. Well, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm laughing to next to you. Right. Um, um, did where'd they come from? <laughs> they were they were Christmas gifts from uh, whom? From from my dad and his wife uh, uh, Betty. You know, and I just received a, you know, like the, the, the portable CD player when CDs were the the new thing. Uh, and I told you, like, I, I have a bit of a. Um, an older person's uh, right. uh, affinity for music, and um, and and I think that I appreciate uh, uh, the, the music, uh, an artist. And I, I will tell you, uh, if I if I had to describe myself with regards to to music, I would say that I have yet to run into somebody that has a more diverse appreciation uh, or ownership, if you will, of music. Uh, you know, from from uh, rap music to uh, uh, Broadway musicals uh, on my my phone right now. I'd happily show it to you if, if you got any see, uh, but, Kenny G or Michael uh, Bolton on uh, there. I, I'm sure that I do, and you're not going to make me feel bad about it, Mike. I know you're trying, but uh, <laughs> oh no, trust me, we have no. We are a judgment free zone okay. about musical. I'm just telling you, I mean, that, that, there's nothing like that voice and, and that saxophone. I mean, come on, the uh, hair. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. But, it's so both beautiful. of them, really, right? Uh, they, they do. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore, but uh, <laughs> yes. So those were the two, uh, the first two uh, CDs that I owned personally. Gotcha. Okay, we're going to go to your first song now. Okay. What is it? So my my first song is um, it, it is Eye of the Tiger, um, and you know it, again you can sort of read into it a little bit if you want. And, and um, there's two parts to this story, if you will, um, and it for me. I believe and was raised to believe that, that things happen for a reason, um, you know, uh, serendipity, whatever you want to say. And, and so this song for, for me uh, um, is a memory that I have with my sister uh, when I was living with my, my mother at, uh, in Park Meadows and, and uh, um, we, would, we would play this, this record when you still had records, which are now apparently popular again. Uh, but we'd play this record and, and my sister and I – would uh, grab the tennis rackets, and we would uh, we shared a room in this this condo, and we would bounce up and down on our on our beds and and act like we were you're singing uh, this song. We'd prepare this amazing production, and then we'd invite my mother to come in, and and we'd you know show her look at what we have done. And I, I remember my mother's face being like, "Oh, okay, that, that that's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to go back to what I was doing now." We thought we were amazing. I was pretty sure I was headed directly to the charts at that point. But um, so it is a uh, a great memory uh, uh, back then for me, um, and then. Fast forward for me, uh, obviously the intro you, you discussed, I'm, I'm in the Marine Corps and I commanded a, a squadron, uh, HMH 361. They were known uh, as the Flying Tigers. Um, and when I took over the squadron, they were in, in a, a particular uh, disarray, if you will, um, whether kind of maintenance reasons or things like that. They just weren't as healthy as they could be. Um, and that song, I, I sort of became the anthem of this squadron, um, and you know, to, to every time we're you know going somewhere as a group, you know, somebody's got this thing playing, blaring in the background, or you know, if we if we challenged another squadron to a sporting event, that would be the music that we walk up to and things <laughs> like. Uh, so, it sort of became the the anthem, uh, uh, like I said, for the squadron. And and when I when I turned over the squadron to the the, the person after me. 
the third Marine aircraft wing band came in and this 50 piece band and as, as sort of their last piece was to play Eye of the Tiger uh, as I sort of stroll off into the sunset so How'd to speak. How'd that feel? Uh, it, it was pretty – I mean it's pretty amazing. I think it was the end of an, an unbelievable two years for me uh, uh, to begin with. But to see you know, the, this this large band kind of playing that uh, type of music as opposed to the normal parade fair that yeah. you see and things like that. Uh, my sergeant major had uh, – uh, I mean he probably paid him some sort of ridiculous amount of money to play something. But uh, it was, as soon as it started, the entire squadron you know, gets up and starts dancing around. So it's a uh, – it, it's just interesting to me how – you can draw lines, you know, as you, we talked about those, those little pictures that you paint in your head that, that, you know, happened back when I was very young to being unbelievably important, you know, 30 plus years later in my life. So, Do you think at any point during those two and a half years or however long it was uh, when that song was part of your life that you were harkening back to, you know, the guitars with Carrie? I, I don't know that I was because I don't know the scenarios were exactly the same, but uh, I... I the same emotion and passion that I think that I felt for it uh, with, with Carrie uh, when, we, when we were kids was the same that I felt, uh, uh, well, you know, back when I was 42, you know, commanding a squatter. Just different purposes, different reasons, I suppose. But uh, uh, when I get in the car with the kids, it's always like, hey, what do you want to listen to? I the Tiger. All right, let's do it. All right, well, let's listen to it together. Okay. This is I the Tiger by Survivor from their 1982 album of the same name. I love the image of the military band playing that because I know that the, those bands that they put together are tight and they know what they're doing they, and I would love to hear that. They, they are and, and uh, you know, everybody marches, uh, you know, in step and everything but occasionally they are allowed to deviate from that and uh, uh, they – can take some freedom, uh, and they were they were dancing around as well. Oh, it's nice. hard it's hard not to to yeah. do that, you know, uh, when, when you're playing that. And so they were allowed a little uh, artistic license, if you will. Any idea if uh, if that song has stuck around with the squadron? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, that's a great question. I think that uh, uh, when I left, uh, you 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 sort of uh, it's three there's 350 plus Marines in in, in that squadron and. And they're all your family uh, and they become, you know, sort of your sons and daughters and, and brothers and sisters. You get very emotionally attached to them. When you turn it over to somebody else, um, I don't know that it's the right idea to stick around and try to try yeah, to still gotta, be connected. Gotta, so gotta move one way. So I – other than being very interested in, in their well-being and, and uh, sort of keeping tabs on them from behind the scenes, I, I sort of remove myself uh, from it. So. Gotcha. Understood. Um, you know, we had Josh, Joshua Johnson in that chair where you're sitting two days ago and he uh, actually – one of his songs, his third song – was it was our first duplicate. So we've done like 55 episodes. That's okay. like 150, 65 songs or whatever. His song was uh, Enter Sandman by Metallica, okay. uh, which was Richard Chinqui, co-creator. His first song during the pilot episode that we recorded. Okay. This song is our second duplicate oh, in okay. a way because at the end of each episode, the host gets to pick a parting tune. And this was one of my parting tunes. Uh. And the memory it brought me back to was um, – Bradford Road, Fort Myers, right off McGregor there. Mark Matthews. He went to Cyprus. I don't know if you knew I, him. No, I don't think he was so. A, he was my elementary school friend. And okay. he was calling repeatedly, Wink 96.9, trying to get them to play Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. And I wasn't really into the song that much. 
So I wasn't really necessarily supportive of him, right. but he was very diligent about it. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, where does music fit into your life these days? You said you have a lot on your phone. How do you listen to music? Do you stream it? Do you, do you have physical music that you play? Um, other than, than the, the physical, uh, you know, me, me screwing around on the guitar and the, the back. Oh, I meant like uh, CDs, um, tapes, records, you know, like music that comes off of a thing you can I, hold. I would say almost exclusively it is, it's turned into the streaming media. Uh, music is a huge part of, of my life. I think that, uh, we in, in, in the Mar household tend to, uh, instead of turning on the TV, we, we turn on the Bluetooth speaker and, and we, we hook up somebody's phone and, and, and play music. So, um, But just recently, my, my oldest daughter, uh, Lindy, asked for Christmas for a CD player because my wife and I still have the hundreds and hundreds of CDs that we'd collected. And she's now uh, expressing know. interest in hearing what's on them? And she has, well, she, she takes, Maybe. A, she's got a little <laughs> bit of my obsessive compulsive uh, disorder, I think. And, and she has decided that she's going to listen to every single CD. Wow. She's keeping a journal. She's writing down Holy for cow, every song. How cool is that? And so she's working it's her like way. It's like parenting win, it, man. It, it's pretty impressive. Now, she hasn't gotten to things like uh, Megadeth or Two Live Crew. Um, they're coming, and uh, my wife and I are preparing ourselves for those conversations. How old is she? But she's about to be fifteen in March. Okay, so, so you know, <laughs> I know when I look back at what I was listening to <laughs> yeah, when I was fifteen, two live it's, crew, it's hard. It's hard to say uh, don't do that. So she sits up in her room uh, with her little CD player and her her little journal and and uh, documents song by song, CD by CD. So um, so yes, we we still all own that. But uh, I would say that almost exclusively, whether it's uh, uh, streaming it in the house, uh, XM radio in the car, podcasts. Uh, you know, I, I ride the bus to work half the time, so uh, I got I got an hour and a half to kill on the bus in the morning, and hmm. uh, so listening to to music uh, uh, through that. I fancy myself a, uh, a discoverer of of uh, new and and. Uh, Sort of indie bands, oh, yeah? if you will. You got uh, anything you can give a shout out to? I, I'm sure that I haven't discovered them, but there was a period in my life where I was almost 100 uh, percent certain that I had discovered the Silver Sun pickups. Okay, uh, I'm not familiar with them. I, well, spread the word. The Silver Sun pickups, uh, Manchester Orchestra. I know Manchester Orchestra. So, simple math. Y- yes, oh, I yeah. use that song as background music at the okay. film festival. So I I, I like to uh, to sort of delve into things that uh, maybe nobody's ever heard of and and use the genius function, if you will, on the uh, uh, you know, Apple Music or something, and and sort of go go eight nine degrees deep into something like that, and yeah. find find something that. Uh, uh, so usually it'll come on at some point, you know, three or four years after I've found it, and be like, I discovered them. Yeah, I was there first. Yeah, I'm sure. I Is didn't. there anything that you've discovered recently? Recently, I he, he's been around for a while. I listened to a lot of Ben Howard. Mm, I don't uh, know him either. He's a uh, kind of a folk guitar uh, uh, musician. Uh, his parents were, were jazz musicians, if I'm not mistaken, and, and he's kind of uh, uh, he, he's got a very unique way. He plays guitar the standard way, but then he also tips it on its side oh, and does the and does the yeah, the acoustic uh, sort of uh, percussive uh, uh, type playing that of show off uh, stuff. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't mean to be judgy because it is awesome. But, yeah, but, but but it is it is more interesting to watch. It is than it a normal is. guitar player. And my wife looks at me and says, "Why can't you do that?" Uh, I'm sorry, you'll, uh, you'll retire. 
retire someday, and then you can take some time toward maybe, it. Maybe. But, uh, um, uh, how did marine bio- microbiology and cell biology? Is that a straight line to flying around giant helicopters? Like where where did that happen? Mike, that's that, I mean that's a million dollar question. Uh, but right right below the uh, how did you go from being a midget in high school to uh, <laughs> to, to growing up? But um, f- frankly, I uh, went to the University of Florida. Spent about five and a half years there, um, and I had a great time. The first uh, couple of years, uh, and let's just say I probably you're get, up there with like Jeff Willis, right? Yes, and Alan uh, Keller and yep, that whole crew. They, they yeah. were they were one year in front of me, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I was around during that time a bit. Okay, I uh, probably saw you because I lived in Gainesville. I don't, I don't know if you recognize me because I had very long hair and I was in my Birkenstocks and really and my peace necklace. Is and, this the sarcasm? Uh, no, no, this is this is dead serious. <laughs> this is part. This is my. So I go away to college. See, and, that's a yeah, that's a and I was five. That was five. a layer I didn't know. Right, like, so I go away to college. I was five five. Short hair, relatively speaking. I come home. I'm I'm probably six foot and look uh, like long hair. And, and <laughs> my, again, my parents, what the hell? My peace necklace and whatever, my tie dye shirt and, and whatever it was. So, um, so I'd always been interested in in uh, biology. Uh, I sort of tended to the sciences. Um, and if if you'd asked me when I was a kid what I wanted to do, I, I said I wanted to be a doctor. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a trash can or a basketball. Um, not understanding, I guess, uh, you know, it's, it's not the actual thing that you want to be. It's the person. So, but yes, I wanted to be a trash can. Um, so I knew I went to the university of Florida. I s- declared microbiology and cell science and it never changed. That's exactly what I wanted to do. It's what interested me. And I, the intent was to go to medical school. Um, back, I had a good time. Uh, uh, grades were not necessarily as great as they uh, should be to get into medical school. Um, and so I spent the last kind of three years digging myself out of the, I guess, the hole that I'd placed myself in. And in doing so, I was completely um, run down, you know, exhausted from from uh, taking kind of, I think, more classes than what you normally take uh, uh, to try to get my GPA back up. Um, it was coming time to, to finish that up and I just was uh, financially and, and intellectually concerned about going to, to medical school. Um, and so I also have been very interested in flying. Uh, my parents tell me – I don't have a recollection of this but both my parents tell me I've always been fascinated with helicopters. Uh, and so I did a little research and thought, well, I'll just go to the military and uh, you know let them – you know, pay for me, go, go do this, uh, uh, and then let them pay for me to go to medical school. Um, after doing a little kind of back and forth with which branch of service, uh, was going to work out, uh, I ended up Marine Corps. Um, and, and then basically, uh, I like to say I've been trying to get out of the, the Marine Corps for the last 18 years. I just haven't quite found that, that opportunity to get out, uh, and go to medical school. So, um, so, I think uh, no, it is not a direct path uh, right. by any stretch of the imagination, and, and arguably, what are you going to do with the microbiology and cell science degree? Yeah, except well, yeah, you know, become a go, doctor, go, or go work in a lab, or, or work in a lab. So, um, but I, I absolutely love it. I love the you know my kids are studying it now, and it fascinates me to kind of go back and relearn some of those mm-hmm. things. Uh, so, I think that uh, when I when I ultimately grow up and have to get a real job. Um, that maybe I'll do something in the medical field uh, just to kind of get myself sort of closer to that if possible. But uh, Was it difficult uh, to be able to put yourself in a position to become a pilot? Because I know a lot of people probably want to. So you must have shown some sort of aptitude or, or something. 
to wind up flying around big helicopters with yeah. fancy people in them. Um, I think that uh, I'll just the Marine Corps uh, at the time uh, uh, when I when I was signing up for the Marine Corps, there was a pilot shortage, oh. um, and so. There was, uh, hey, come on if you can do this. If you pass our physical uh, – if you pass the physical fitness test and you pass this uh, written exam, here's your your uh, basically check to, to flight school. It sounds like it, it is just an easy uh, uh, process to get there. But, but each one of it those – doesn't sound easy to me. Well, each one of those, those points was a, hey, we're going to get you in the door. But that doesn't mean you're going to make it. Prove, you know? yeah. And so – um, you know, I, it, I, I, as I said, I, I went to the, the military to go fly because I was a little worried about how much schooling and things that were going on. And little did I know you were in for a whole lot more that I have studied more, uh, and been to more schools since I've been out of college than, than I, I probably would have ever been, uh, as a, as a doctor and I've been long finished with school as a, as a doctor. Um, but it's, it's just a continual learning process. So no, I won't say it was easy, um, I think that uh, you know, getting yourself to flight school was was a process. In flight school, um, you, you never know if you're going to be able to 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 do it. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and there's a the, sort of that leap of faith of you know, well, this, what else am I going to do? You know, uh, um, yeah, you're way out on a limb a, a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. I think that the, uh, uh, the the trick to Marine Corps or military aviation, it's not hard to fly. What's difficult about military aviation, in, in my opinion, is the speed with which they want you to learn it because hmm. they don't have time to wait for you to – for your light bulb to go on. So I think that's kind of what makes it unique. You hmm. can go pay you know, uh, however much money it is to go learn to fly a civilian and they'll just keep paying money until you get to the point yeah, where you're OK. Yeah, but yeah. For you, know, it's for, like if you don't get to that finish line in X amount of time, you're not getting to it. You have 10 flights. If you don't have it by then, you're gone. Hmm. So I think uh, – um, you know, there was sort of that that pressure, I guess, if you will. But but it was something that I really liked and really enjoyed. So it's a lesson in life for me. If you find that thing that that you're passionate about that you like, then then that studying doesn't seem to have uh, sort of the bad taste in your mouth that it probably did for some of the other aspects that you you've done schooling for. Do you remember the first time you took off with a president in your helicopter? Um, I do remember that. Um, you, the way the, the squadron works is you kind of – it's a broken down as uh, like a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior type thing. And so usually around your sophomore year uh, is when you kind of get your first opportunity to, to do that. And you're a co-pilot. So you're not the person in charge of the aircraft. Um, and But you are the one – uh, when you look at the pictures from the South Lawn, that's the person you're looking at is the co-pilot, so the see. one that's not in charge. Uh, and so you get the you get the screen time with you the get the great picture. He's and, off. And Did you get the nod? Was it the coffee nod? Uh, Remember the famous coffee nod? I, I don't I don't know the coffee nod, but I do know with with President Bush, he was uh, he'd always come up the stairs and and he'd shake the hand of the the pilot in the right seat and he'd smack the shoulder of the person in the left seat. So I remember distinctly. Uh, getting kind of a, a knock in the uh, the shoulder from from President Bush, uh, um, and and that just completely surreal um, moment of of sitting on the, the South Lawn, uh, 
uh, was was certainly overwhelming. Um, Did you ever get used to it by the end before you left? Was it kind of just it, the surreality had worn off or was it always like no, hyper? No, absolutely not. I, I, I personally did not ever um, get that way. I, I think in, in general, uh, flying aviation, the day that you get uh, so comfortable with it is probably the time to, to stop. Um, but But you never, ever – Miss the gravity of of that situation, mm. um, you know. So, uh, no. Every time I went in was was equally as as uh, nerve wracking as the as the next. Is there ever any music being played on those helicopters? Or what about for like the passengers? Maybe. Uh, no. I guess maybe if they had their earbuds in, or no, they're probably. Or what is the president doing back there when you're flying them around? Uh, you, usually, is it more uh, like Air Force One where they have an office, or is it more just like a helicopter where they're kind of just strapped in? Uh, no, it's it's smaller. The helicopter is obviously smaller, uh, and, and more often than not, the flights that the, you're doing are short flights from right. the, from the White House to Andrews Air Force Base or uh, the White House to Camp David and things like that. So they tend to be uh, uh, shorter uh, trips. So. Um, but I honestly don't know what they're doing right, right there because You're there's a there door to, that yeah. closes uh, once they get on board and they shake hands and they go sit down. The door closes hmm. and um, they uh, occasionally w- would put a headset on and say something uh, to you. But usually you're not talking to them and, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's it's very uh, quiet inside. You and I can sit inside and talk just like this oh, uh, really? uh, and hear each other just fine. Uh, so. I, frankly, I'd like to imagine that they take that 10, 15 minutes as an opportunity to just do nothing yeah, and to just disconnect for a brief period of time uh, before they uh, have to sort of reemerge uh, yeah. uh, back on camera again. And, and uh, um, so I, I don't know. And, yeah, and uh, I sort of uh, provide would, – would like to say I provided an opportunity for them to just have some quiet time back there. Hmm. Uh, you ever do karaoke? I am certain I've done karaoke. Uh, Maybe back during uh, those wild times. Well, in the US. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it was uh, you know alcohol infused uh, at some point. It's it's not something that I would uh, gravitate you don't seek towards. It out. I do not seek it out. Okay, uh, it's a spectator sport as far as I'm concerned. I'm I'm with you. I'll go watch everybody else make a jackass of themselves. What about dancing? Are you a dancer? I, I'm I'm a phenomenal dancer, Mike. I mean, I my my kids may disagree, but but. You dance yeah. kind of like Elaine on Seinfeld. No, she's a phenomenal dancer. Isn't that what we're talking about? It is exactly what we're talking yeah. about. Um, no, I'm pretty uh, – I, I don't think that I would consider myself a, a great dancer. But you don't, uh, you're not afraid of dancing? No, no, not okay. at all. Well, you're uh, a Marine. You're not supposed to be afraid of dancing. Right. No, we're not, we're not afraid of dancing. And, and I, but I use it more often now to embarrass my children in Absolutely. public. Absolutely. Isn't uh, it great? I mean, it's the only reason you have kids, right? Oh, is to yeah. publicly embarrass them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, that's about the extent of my, uh, my dancing. I never realized how much fun it would be to be a dad and have dad jokes. <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't that great? <laughs> okay. Um, live music. You got a pinnacle live music experience? Uh, I think that um, I love uh, all live music because I'm, uh, I, again, playing, dabbling and playing an instrument. It's, it's, uh, I realize how difficult it is. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the, the comfort and safety of a studio versus doing that in front of thousands of people. Um, I think probably uh, I've, I've, my wife and I have been to see Dave Matthews a couple times, uh-huh. uh, um, and I really, really appreciate yeah. him live. Yeah, uh, much that, more so. Everything than, they do up there, yeah, they're all more, just on top of it. Their studio albums are fantastic, but they're nothing compared to to their live work. Um, you know, so I think that that that's good. Um, 
Yeah, I think like if I can seek out seek out music, I'll find an album that's a studio version versus a live version. I'll, I'll always select live. Did you ever get to see any interesting music when you were deployed around the world? Um, well, the most interesting thing I ever saw was uh, in uh, um, I did a, a trip to Michigan, um, and there was a Greek fest that was going on, um, and they had. Uh, Night Ranger uh, was in concert um, and we went – we decided to go listen to Night Ranger uh, and and, uh, Sister Christian and and, uh, uh, it was sort of a throwback. Uh, It was slightly depressing as well uh, to see that they're out still performing the same song. So this was uh, was recently then. uh, Well, not recently. Within the last uh, half decade, yes. So – but let's see. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think most of the time, uh, you know, on the trips that we were on, you, you'd hear some – whether you're in a hotel and you hear the traditional music right. uh, uh, played and, and whether – wherever wherever I've been in the world, I'm, I'm certain I've heard the uh, – whatever the traditional music. But no, I think that that was, that was the the biggest memory for I could, <laughs> like I, You know, you get a, a message from somebody, you're not going to believe who's playing at the Greek fest. I'm like, oh my god. We're, we're going. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, time for song number two. Okay. Uh, so song number two is uh, One by Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a uh, you know, sort of a memory to uh, to high school. It's also a little bit of a uh, an education for me because the not judging uh, somebody or a book by its cover, if you will, um, I think that there was a perception on my part, admittedly so, that those kids that wore the Metallica shirts and the Megadeth shirts yeah. and – and whatever it was that, that they were they were different than me there was something they were weird they you know why they were in black and, and things like that and I remember uh, being a little uh, judgmental of that um, and then my friend uh, uh, John Dansby uh, you know who's, who's from here uh, he, he'd gotten a car and uh, you know we'd cruise around and you know whatever it was and, and he had a Metallica uh, uh, CD or two and some Megadeth and it sort of opened my eyes and I realized I was like you know I was completely being a, a, a jackass here by, by judging somebody for the music that they listened to um, so you know opened up my my uh, aperture a little bit uh, for, for music uh, instead of Kenny G and Michael Bolton um, and so uh, the Nature Center that has the planetarium uh-huh. here Police Nature Center. Uh, they would on Laser light Friday shows. nights, I think it was Friday nights, yes, they would play a uh, – they had various albums, but they would do Metallica. Uh-huh. And so uh, John and, and myself and, and a whole bunch of other people would load up in cars with our, our blankets and our pillows because you'd go sit on the floor of the planetarium uh-huh. and we'd watch these laser light shows. Uh, and this song in particular – is very impressive to uh, lasers, uh, so that's that's where this one comes from. And, and I have carried forward my my love of Metallica. Uh, speaking of live albums and, and the ability to to, to perform, and, and you know their drummer who you know he's just unbelievably talented, and to do that for for the two hours at a time type thing. Uh, uh, in a live venue is, is pretty amazing. So that's where the song comes from. All right. Well, let's lay down on the floor of the, Cl- oh. the Calusa Nature Center Planetarium. I've been, I saw plenty of laser light shows okay. back there, Pink Floyd in particular. Can we turn the lights off? And, hey, we can uh, turn the lights okay. off. All right. This is song, time for song number two. It is one by Metallica from their 1988 album, And Justice for All. 
What a fun thought experiment oh. that is. Because I've seen, I've done laser light shows and whatnot, and I don't really listen to Metallica, so I'd never listened to that song really before. But okay. seeing it through the lens of what they would be doing on the ceiling with all of that, that, what we were just listening to, was, I could see it. It was it was very, very impressive, uh, you know, to, to watch. And you like you said, like you said, you can see it, you know, as the beat changes, kind of picks up and the... Uh, that it's got yeah, it's know, got such that, a tightness to it yeah. that that all could be articulated in light, and, and was, I could totally see it. It was pretty amazing, and, and, and I mean, the, the video is, is super powerful as well. Uh, if you haven't seen that, uh, and and maybe foreshadowing into uh, to my life in, in the military, I guess yeah. I don't know. We start talking, yeah, amazing how sort of the connections happen uh, between uh, songs and, and life and those memories and things like that. Mm. Can maybe. I take a second and just appreciate that in three days we've had two guests. Do Metallic like we get to hear Metallica twice this week? Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's been great. It's been a good couple of days. You're welcome. Thank yeah, you. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, you know they still do the light shows there sometimes. They, they do. Uh, I don't know if they do Metallica, but they they still are doing them. I, you know, it's nice to be back in the uh, the, the general area uh, to be able to get down to Fort Myers again. But uh, I'd love to go go check it out. I'm, I'm sure introducing my kids to the. Uh, yeah, you should. We should find a date. Bring your kids down. I'll bring my daughter. We'll go laser up. light we'll show. Show up with my pillows and blankets and. Uh, <laughs> We'll jam out to some Metallica. Um, are you a singer? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, uh, not like, even for for the benefit of your kids. What? No, I mean, I, <laughs> and by I, benefit, I mean you know. Yeah. So, so <laughs> let me let me correct my statement. I'm I'm an amazing singer when I'm by myself in the car. Uh, um, and, or in the shower, but uh, in public, no, absolutely not. Uh, Got any TV theme songs committed to memory? Um, if you say yes, you're going to have to sing it horribly. Then the answer is no, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, no, I, I'm sure. I'm sure if you played some sort of music, I'd probably chime in at some point. But uh, I'm not shy to uh, uh, to sing along to songs in the car. We get the, you know, the kids in the car. They love. Uh, 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 what is it? Uh, I believe it's time for me to fly. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, uh, and I will rock out with my kids uh, to some Mario Speedwagon. Nice, nice. Uh, what about like Broadway musicals? You mentioned maybe you had something on your phone. Is there like one that is like your go-to? You know, Hamilton these days. Uh, you know, honestly, I've not heard Hamilton, and I, I, I'm really? obviously your uh, daughters completely didn't behind. Get swept up into that I, scene. I don't, I don't think that they have uh, either, and, and certainly I'm not opposed to it. But uh, for me. My mother, uh, you know, who, uh, as you know, you know her very well, uh, uh, kind of growing up teaching humanities and English, mm-hmm. and she's a, certainly a liberal arts uh, person. She introduced me to some uh, some pretty amazing things, uh, kind of prior to when most most people I think would be introduced. And so, I have you know seen Cats and and I've seen Les Mis, and I would say that for me, uh, the, the soundtrack to Les Mis was something that that uh, I was I always had. Uh, I love the music in it. Uh, because I can, after seeing it in person, you can sort of picture the scenes as they're going, and the stage starts to turn, and, and all those those sort of things. So, um, so that's a good one. The what, what's most currently on? What I just listened to last night, uh, taking my daughter to lacrosse practice, uh, uh, was the Greatest Showman, uh, which is uh, uh, Richard's you know, beaming. I knew yeah, he would be. Yeah. It's pretty. Uh, I, this morning, at least half the soundtrack 
It's every day. It's yeah. great. It's, uh, it's one of those things, if I am tr- having trouble waking my kids up uh, in the morning. Uh, uh, the main theme. <laughs> I, will, I will hook up the, uh, the the speaker and go set it at the kind of the base of the <laughs> stairs and crank it way up. And, and you know, like moths to the flame, they uh, they sort of wander out of their rooms. And, and before you know it, everybody's dancing around the house. So, yeah. uh, no, not shy at all to uh, the soundtracks and, and the uh, musicals and things like that. In fact, I, I love, more often than not, I will go see a movie or listen, watch a movie and, and all the way through I'm like this is amazing and I'll immediately go you know, download the soundtrack uh, um, you know mm. uh, uh, favorite band I, I think you know that, that's a that's a really tough one because it, it has just like this whole this whole process has been difficult for me uh, to nail down my life to three songs but uh, if you if you had to ask me who my favorite band was it probably across the game it would be uh, Dave Matthews band okay um, I went through it like all for years. I was way into Dave Matthews. Yeah, I, it, it's hard to uh, because it depends on my mood at a certain. You know time. what I need to get you is um, you know back in the early days of the internet, um, he you know he like tapers right. They people would tape the shows. Yep. He would let people plug into the soundboard. So there are these all these awesome wow. early recordings I from like that. before he was even famous. Right. I have all that stuff. Wow. I remember when the MP3 codec was released. And you had to run it in a DOS box. Okay. And that's when finally you can go to a website and on your dial-up modem, you could download these MP3s of these, you know, 14-minute long songs. Right. Dave Matthews, before anybody knew who he was. Right. Yes. I will hook you up with Okay. That. Well, bring it. Uh, yeah, I think probably if, if you had to say who – you're on a stranded desert island, you know, what's the what's the one – uh, album or one one band that you'd want to listen to forever would probably be uh, Dave Matthews. Um, are, are there any modern mainstream bands that you're a fan of? Um, I, th- I think that uh, we, we already alluded to, uh, I consider uh, Manchester Orchestra mm-hmm. to be uh, uh, somewhat modern, the uh, Silver Sun pickups. Uh, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. It's hard to say yeah, yeah. Uh, modern. I mean, they've been around forever, but they're still uh, enduring and yeah, still yeah. making amazing music. Um, I heard a thing the other day that Dave Grohl said that they started that as just a side project, and if he had known it was going to turn into what it was, he would never have called it Foo Fighters. Called it Foo Fighters. <laughs> yes, I, I think I'd heard something similar, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm a, I am a uh, complete uh, ingester of, of music. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I, I you know, XM radio, and, and and I love finding new music. Uh, so I probably couldn't even begin to tell you what the names of, of half of them are. Um, you know, but listening to Lithium or Alt Nation or whatever on, on XM, uh, uh, I always discover something new hmm. off of there. But I also listen to my, my kids listen to, you know, like I said, all, all the Ariana Grande and, and, and like Justin Bieber and I mean, I mean Marshmello or whatever his name is and Bad That's Bunny. Also, or, also uh, a favorite in our house. Marshmallow. Yeah. yeah so is that I, two words? No, I don't even know. No, it's just it's a DJ. Um, oh, okay. Where's a big marshmallow a, for, a, for, a, for you know, a, a sugar thing you put in your mouth? No, <laughs> no. Uh, so, so yeah. I, again, like there is probably nothing that I I don't own or listen to. Okay, it's time for your third song. Okay, my third one is a. Uh, uh, it's coming back to life uh, by Pink Floyd. Um, this one is uh, again, I think, similar to the other two in that uh, it has memories that are very distinct uh, back in college. And then became very um, important uh, to me uh, on a deployment, uh, uh, deployments, if you will. Uh, so I have been uh, together with my wife for, for a long time. Well, we're coming up on 20 years here in April. Uh, we've been married. 
but then been together for a few years before that. Uh, but it wasn't always perfect and it wasn't uh, always a sure thing. Um, and there was a particular time where uh, I probably felt like it was uh, on, on the rocks and, and, and maybe done with. Uh, um, and for whatever reason, I, I had not ever uh, heard this song. Hmm. Um, I love Pink Floyd and listen to Pink Floyd. You know, thank you again to John Dansby and, and cruising yeah. around in his uh, Toyota Celica. But not necessarily the Division Bell. But not necessarily the Division Bell. And so I had not heard this song and, and I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I was uh, holed up in my apartment uh, in, in Gainesville and, and this came on and it's it resonated with me for some reason um, and kind of uh, became uh, a little bit of a, uh, you know, I remember probably sat there and listened to it, you know, 20 times in a row type thing, uh, um, you know, and, and became a little bit of a theme song for, for my wife and I. Uh, she's not necessarily super happy when it comes on because I think in her mind it, it uh, is maybe uh, a negative thought, but uh, it couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, it's actually a po- very positive thought in my mind uh, uh, for her. Um, but then fast forward, uh, flying uh, helicopters uh, in Afghanistan in 2012, um, the helicopter that I fly, uh, you have an op- there's a way to hook up uh, music uh, through the the uh, sort of the inner the ICS system, mm-hmm. the the headphones, and uh, you know, when you're not doing some sort of mission or or something that requires you know everybody being completely focused, usually at the end of the night. There was an opportunity, hey, sir, do you mind if we plug in some music? Uh, and so it was a way for us to, you know, sort of uh, kind of relax a little bit, decompress. A lot of times it was you flew all night long and you're on your way back home and the sun is coming up and it's just this sort of very like, uh, uh, you know, warm, safe feeling uh, all of a sudden. Uh um, and this song, I, they, one time I handed them my, my iPod and I said, hey, play, you know, play this song. And they, they hooked it up. And, and everybody, I think, kind of, it was just that, that perfect uh, confluence of, hmm. of events. And everybody's like, that was the most amazing thing. Hmm. And, it's, uh, and so then it kind of became for us, you know, hey, sir, we put that on there way back home. And they're like, yeah, absolutely, Let, let's put it on. And so um, it sounds, it may sound a little bit cheesy when you think about sort of the title of the song and everything, but it meant, I don't know, man, it, I just got to chill. <laughs> it, it meant, it meant uh, you know, a lot again for me with regards to my, my wife and I. Uh, but then also, I have, I have so many stories that end with, uh, and then I didn't die. Um, you know, and, and this song is kind of in particular sort of to, in, in relation to that memory and some of those things. So uh, that, that's it in a nutshell. Hmm. Well, let's listen to it right. um, in the helicopter coming back to All right. daybreak. I'll, I'll make helicopter noises. Uh, time for your, uh, okay, uh, this is uh, Coming Back to Life by Pink Floyd from the 1994 album Division Bell. What's that make you feel? I was just uh, saying to myself, there's not much better in, in, than finishing a, a long night of, of flying uh, at, predominantly at night. Uh, you're tired. Everybody just kind of wants to go home and to be wandering back toward towards home. Sun comes up, get to flip up night vision goggles and sort of see the world again uh, uh, as it's probably meant to be seen. Uh, and kind of listening to that, and uh, so that's sort of where it takes me back to. And and you're you're coming back from something probably dangerous. Yeah, I'm I'm sure uh, half half of them were uh, you know uh, sort of innocuous uh, flights, and right, half of them were were something else. So um, yeah, 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I said, let's imagine you in the helicopter flying toward the sunrise. And But I, I immediately was also in your apartment with you during that song, too. So what an interesting thing music does. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it certainly spans uh, the time for, for me. And as I said, those, those little – those little tiny portraits uh, that are painted in my brain for those those individual moments that uh, uh, are, are, are very very clear. Uh, yeah, love music. Um, you know, we one of our bylaws is you can't have the song you dance to at your wedding. What, right. was, what was the song you danced to at your wedding? Um, we, my wife and I danced to "Longer" um, um, by Dan Fogelberg, uh, which was uh, something that. You know, I think for I've always uh, loved that song, and, and for my my wife and I, it was was kind of an important song. So, mm. but uh, yeah, uh, you know, you gave me your other two, like your fourth and your fifth. You already alluded to the uh, you know the yacht rock song with your dad on the boat. Right. What was what's bad out of hell all about? So, uh, as I said, my parents were hippies, uh, and and my mother is a huge uh, meatloaf uh, uh, fan. And by by virtue of being her her son, I have adopted that as well as my own. Uh, I think uh, my my mother, maybe unbeknownst to her, uh, through her introduction of meatloaf uh, to me, uh, taught me about sex uh, and probably the the, the use of certain uh, cuss words. And and she probably would be uh, very disappointed to know that that's in fact what uh, that that music. Hear that, uh, ma? Yeah, yeah, hear that. Uh, but my mother has always said that she's received a couple of speeding tickets in her life, and both uh, both of those were, were uh, when she was listening to "Bat Out of Hell." Uh, it's just you can't help but push a little harder on that gas pedal and uh, uh, rock out with uh, with meatloaf. So I still I still listen to uh, "Bat Out of Hell" and and uh, uh, think back to my mom cruising around in the car. With you the, know, if the if the squadron was called the Flying Bats, maybe you the go. band would have yeah, been playing bat, meatloaf. Bat out of hell. So <laughs> she'll appreciate uh, that she uh, threw me. Music taught me to cuss and taught me about sex. That's awesome. Um, are there any albums that you are uh, you will always listen to all the way through in their entirety? Um, I will always. Uh, gosh, let's see. Any 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 Dave Matthews? We've already sort of talked about. Do you have a favorite uh, Dave Matthews album? Uh, Live at Red Rocks oh, yeah. uh, is, is probably uh, uh, one of those. You uh, know, real quick aside, uh, the second disc, the first song is Satellite. Mm-hmm. If you listen at the beginning of that song, it starts. And then at Much Ado About Nothing, you hear the audience go, ah, and then the song plays. When that song started during that recording, there was a shooting star. Oh. You'll hear it next time okay. you listen to that I will. Album. I will pay attention to it. Um I can't remember the name of the song right now. Uh, uh, Kingdom, if I'm not mistaken, some uh, it's a Ben Howard uh, okay. uh, uh, song. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave a little list of the uh, of the people that I've introduced you to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I will listen to all, all the way through. So there, there's there's various ones, but uh, uh, those two come to mind. What would your 15 uh, year old greeny self think about who and what you are today and how you're living life? Um, would would be completely shocked. I think. Um, you know whether it's. It, uh, I, I don't know if I wasn't sure where I was going. I thought I knew where I was going. Um, you know, but but I I don't think uh, I would have expected this is where I am. I think even my mother. You know, I, I I've always sort of joked. I ate a lot of paste when I was a kid, and I think my mother is just really happy that I and, and surprised that I've survived uh, to be forty four years old. I uh, never thought I'd make it out of college, and and uh, um, I, I think certainly. 
neither of my my parents or my sister would would think that uh, I would have spent uh, 21 years, uh, almost uh, 22 years in the Marine Corps. And uh, I, I said to you when I first got here today that I, I've run into some people I went to high school with, and, and they're like, I, I don't want you to take offense to this, but this isn't what I saw you doing in your life. I'm like, I'm not really sure how to read into that, but okay, fair yeah. enough. So, <laughs> uh, so I think that I uh, my 15 year old self would be like really really happy that I finally grew uh, and, and wasn't five five for the rest of my life. Uh, uh, but but certainly would not have expected this. Hmm. Are there any songs that you will avoid listening to for some reason? No, there are no there are no particular songs that I, I will avoid listening you to. You never had a song that created a negative association for you, not because of how it sounds, but because of what it thinks makes you think about. Nope, I don't think so. I, I don't know that. Uh, I, I I certainly associate memories to, to songs, and and I, I really like to listen to the lyrics of a song and try to kind of see what the picture is that's being painted. Um, and I'm I'm sure there are some that if I knew what they meant by by some of the lyrics and things that uh, maybe I would, but uh, no, nothing nothing comes to mind that that I steer away from. I, as I said, I sort of pride myself on I, I really appreciate musicians for being musicians, and uh, I may not really love exactly what they're doing, but I really respect uh, uh, their their abilities because I certainly don't have it. Awesome. Well, that is all the time that we have. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't think so, other than I just wanted to say that. Uh, what's, there you go. What's that? What's that? Where did that come from? Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Come on, sarcastic dad. Come on. Pretend like I'm your daughter. I'm just going to sit here and watch you make a jackass of yourself. Hey, man. I'm Kenny Loggins and Michael Bolton. I will tell you. The uh, I know you've been trying to work this for a little while, and I appreciate your uh, uh, your your initiative and and uh, your your never give up attitude to uh, get me here and working on my schedule. I appreciate it. Uh, um, super happy to be here. You, I do owe you probably what is it, like a hundred dollars an hour for a therapist or something. I probably owe yeah, you. Yeah, we're going to start a service uh, here for, for that. But uh, super proud of you and what what you're doing here, and, and very 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 honored to be a part of it. So thank you very much. Thank this you so awesome. much. And now that you're two hours away, we got to cross paths more than you know doing a radio show. Laser light show. Here we come. Laser light show. Here we go. Beautiful. Felt that winter wind blow cold. Well played, sir. Well played. What remains? My kids will be disappointed if I don't just belt out some lyrics here. I'll help you out. You and me, Robin. Right here. Ready. From now on, these eyes eyes will not be blinded by the light. From now on, once waited till tomorrow starts tonight. Let this promise in me start Like an anthem in my heart From now on From now on Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Rob. That was beautiful. This, this has been yeah, awesome. Yeah, go ahead and edit that part out. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. You. Yeah, right. That's, gonna That's uh, awesome. <laughs> we make this show in the WGCU studios on the Florida Gulf Coast University campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is the co-creator and host today. Tara Callaghan is our online content producer. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Our theme song was created by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studios in St. Pete. This week's parting tune is From Now On from the Greatest Showman Soundtrack. 
Sometimes when we pick these parting tunes, we pick songs from our lives before Three Song Stories. But sometimes we pick songs that our guests bring into the show that now affect us because of the way they brought them into the show. Well, I was late to get on The Greatest Showman train. I had heard about it, it was popular certainly, but I just, I never got around to watching it. And then about four months ago we watched it, and it was an instant classic in our household. Uh, my daughter knows all the songs word for word. She belts them out in the car at home, uh, and we share it with uh, friends of ours who haven't seen it yet. So, you know, we're big fans. And so I've always enjoyed this song, which is kind of the big anthemic end of the movie. And so I was actually overjoyed when Robin agreed to sing to it, considering how he shot Mike down pretty quick. So now, of course, when I hear it, I think about the film and my family and my daughter, but I also will be reminded, I'm pretty sure, of Robin sitting in the studio, uh, declining to sing for Mike Canary, but being willing to sing for me because of this song. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I had a, some kind of a knowledge of harmony and, and notes before I could read anything, you know. So I went to school, I was six and a half or something. Like that. By that time, I could read music. Wow. You so learned to read actually, music before yes, words. Yes, exactly. So that's actually the first language I could read.